J.T. Crowley is talking books. On the show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley, and I'm delighted to have on my show today Mary Ellen Pellini from nearby Toronto in Canada, in a place called Saint Saint Marie, on the shoreline of Lake Superior, one of the five great lakes of North America. She classifies herself as a children's author and a book, Mary Ellen is Stuck, is aimed at seven to 10 year olds. The main character is pretty much based on herself as a young adult with a twist of modern day life, adding to the main backdrop to the story, thus giving a present day feel to the overriding narrative of this book. Now, Mary Allen was born in Canada, but she has Italian blood, everybody. And that blood, that Italian blood has been coursing through her veins from her parents who emigrated from Italy after World War II to Canada in the um, hope of a better life, a more prosperous life and a more enriching life. She has two so-called grown-up children, Kevin and Erica, and she's been married to everyone for more years than she cares to remember. (laughs) Um, She's done a variety of jobs over her life, but her main uh, field of professionalism has been in social care as a social worker. And when you look at the book, you can't help but think or feel that some of the um, experiences she's put in the book have been drawn from her own experiences, what she's witnessed as a social worker for young people. Well, I think we better get Mary Ellen onto the show so she can talk a bit about herself and her book, Mary Ellen is Stuck. So, Mary Ellen Pellini from Canada, come and join me on the show. Hi, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a huge pleasure. And I think it's fair enough to say, Mary Ellen, we've had a little bit of fun putting this podcast together, you know, over the last few weeks. Um, So I hope everybody that you're going to enjoy what we're going to chat about. But before we open the book, Mary Ellen, what I'd like um, you to do is to tell everybody who Mary Ellen Pellini is, a little about yourself, your life, and why you've written this book, Mary Ellen is Stuck. Well, I'm a social worker in this city that I live in, in Canada. Uh, I don't really have many hobbies or really interests or any real abilities. Um, So I'm very social. And hence, when the profession of social work was being looked at back in the old college university days, I thought, oh, social work. Had no idea what it really entailed. But the title interested me. Because being social was the one thing I knew how to do well. 
was interact with others, engage with others, develop relationships, develop connections. And hence my life went along the whole social work field, which I found rewarding in terms of helping to be a catalyst or assist people with their whole change process. Um, so fast forward life and being social, 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 uh, when the pandemic hit, someone as extroverted and social as me, it came to a complete stop, complete and utter stop. So I was so frustrated in so many ways that we couldn't go very far outside our homes. We were just all physically, emotionally, socially, uh, financially. We were all stuck in one way or another. So that kept ringing through my head about how stuck we all were for years. And since then, you know, there have been a lot of ramifications since this whole pandemic. So... Yes, like most things, this book resulted out of sheer frustration in my life. Because I would write my my feelings, a tool that I would often get my clients to do, the little ones or the older ones, whether they drew it or, or colored it or however, and then we would rip it up and just find other as a coping strategy. So I used that advice and I started to write and I started to rip and then I started to write and eventually I wrote to the point that a little bit of humor came out in it so I wasn't at that real negative low part I read it to a friend and she started to laugh and I thought hmm, that's a gift that's helpful so hence evolved the idea of I wonder if I could write a cute little book. Or... And she did. <laughs> and she did, everybody. And you can definitely tell the Italian is coming out of it there, you know, the the emotion that's coming into this. You know, the hands are going. This is definitely <laughs> Italiano, everybody. Yes. The passion from Italy. It's still there. Yes. Still there, yes. Yes. Um, Mary Ellen. Um, there are roughly 44 pages to this book, you know, depending on which option you read the story from, you know, Kindle or softback or hardback. Why did you choose to base the main character upon yourself and give the backdrop a modern day touch of realism to it? Did you give it to a modern day twist to connect with the young kids of today? Exactly. I just wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be authentic. And the only person I really knew a lot about was me. So I thought, let's start with that. That keeps it real. That keeps it real simple, too. I think that's, that's fair enough. So when you actually wrote this, did you know, when you were thinking about the character Mary Ellen, did you did it take you down memory lane a bit? I no, I, I just knew it would be about me. Yeah. Fair enough. 
So let's let's have a look at the book. So you start the story, Mary Ellen, with the main character, Mary Ellen, stuck. Mm -hmm. Stuck in life, everyone. And when she's stuck, she shops <laughs> and shops. And then the card statements come through as everybody. Mm. Oh. So what's the character Mary Ellen saying within both the confines of the written word here and the supporting illustrations? Or is it the other way around? Is it the text supporting the pictures? Which way is it? And why are you saying what you're saying in this part of the book? Well, I, I really wanted to emphasize the fact that we all have our coping strategies and they work for us. And sometimes they could be healthy, but if they become problematic, um, we need to look at that. And me having to say things three times is often a pattern in life with raising a family, talking to a, a pretty uh, frustrating husband who's can be ultra stubborn and I have to say things a million times. So I thought the three times was emphasis, was repetition, also for children, and also because it's a reflection of me. So they both work in tandem, the pictures and the words. They really did. Why did you have a shopping? You know, is is this book going to be for say more for for young girls than boys, or because that's perhaps what you know young girls do? You know, they go shopping. Young lads, maybe not so. Right. I just I just did something that was very real for me, and how that coping strategy strategy was no longer serving me well. So I just really wanted more the authenticity of it. The audience, of course, can take from that, that they too have coping strategies that maybe worked for them or they did in excess. And then it became problematic, whether it was over shopping, overeating, overstaying. Because when I've read my book to children at a school, I would say to them, how many of you play video games? And a lot of them do. How many of you stay up late playing video games? Video games in and of itself is fine. Overdoing anything. Drinking is fine. Overdoing anything is fine. It is becomes a problem. So it was more the, for me, it was shopping. I find it a great, you know, therapeutic outlet. It was fine. It also tied into connecting with others. When it became an online experience, of course, it was removed because that humanity wasn't there. And so, again, it's removed, removed, removed in terms of that social need that I need, that I need as an extroverted person. So I'm thinking everyone has their coping strategies. Are they working for us? And if they're not, we need to revisit that. And that's what the pandemic was doing for all of us, all of humanity. I mean, all of us that had to go online and we weren't very tech savvy. All of us that had to navigate meetings. All of us that had to work from home when we wanted to get out of home. We need that structure. We need that routine. So it was layers upon layers of that. I mean, having a friend who's so introverted and she told me she was struggling 
with having to be at home and not being able to go for her walk and not being able to go to her church or not being able to go uh, groceries everything had changed the way we knew life so when i thought i saw i thought to myself my introverted friend is having a hard time how do they expect us extroverted people to be coping during this pandemic it's extremely difficult so the coping strategies and the book it's one little example and and on the page of us of me getting in that cycle of overspending overeating at night staying up late not being able to sleep we can replace that with any uh, coping strategy whether we stay up late because we played video games and then or we've had too much to eat or junk food or we were on the internet or online too much any habit that becomes excessive, excessive, and we don't balance it out, becomes unhealthy. So what is that vicious cycle we're all stuck in? What is it? for? And it, I made it cartoony because I thought it would be fun, appeal to a young audience. It appeals to my young, um, I'm kind of mindless, and I like to look at pictures when I look at a book. I'm not real a real deep thinker. And I thought this appeals to me. This could appeal to other people that are like me, kind of a bit more on the mindless end. But it appeals to that childlike yeah. person in us. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so, yeah, because she, she shops for shoes. She shops for this, um, clothes, um, uh, and, and, and other things. And you can see her, you know, in the bedroom and just going, oh, how do I cope with this? So, yeah, I understand that. But I want to move on now, um, Mary Ellen. I want to go a little further into the book um, because this is, uh, we're seeing Mary Ellen losing confidence. And this part of the book, this is what it's about. She's losing confidence in life. And the COVID pandemic certainly had an impact on her. And so was this something you faced yourself as a youngster and or was this concept of the story derived from what you experienced that says, again, I'm coming back to the fact of what you witnessed as a social worker, you know, with young people. And that's why the character Mary Allen um, is probably around about 18, 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I think I'm right here. This is you um, telling a message to Mary Allen isn't it? Yes, you're right on. Exactly. I knew it. <laughs> you're right on. You're very perceptive, John. So what, you know, what sort of thing did you experience in your, when, you know, in your social work in, in life, you know, with, with young people? That has been a real eye-opener to you, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just personal experience, uh, Tim, and your old Mary uh, Allen was really stuck when my dad died suddenly, pancreatic cancer, and my stay-at-home little Italian working mom who didn't really understand or have a command of the English language had to get out and get a job. Um, so, yeah, 10-year-old Mary Allen and 10-year-old Mary Allen's family was very stuck emotionally, financially, socially. What we knew, our whole world had changed like that. So... Fast forward in life, um, as a social worker, ironically, having chosen that profession, even though I didn't really know what it involved, but the word social being in it, it helped because 
Other people are stuck too for different reasons, for different life circumstances, children, and, and why are they stuck? And what I noticed over the years is when we feel a little bit unstuck, when we feel, oh, a, a lift, that, the, the, that lift about us, we literally have a spring in our steps. I remember seeing children at the schools and they would come and talk to me or draw or play a game and they would vent and do what they needed to do. When I walked them back to their classroom, they literally skipped, skipped. And I knew that feeling. I knew that feeling of feeling lighter, uh, getting that little bit of confidence back. Someone listened to me. Someone believed me. Someone was there for me. Like you're having your little cheerleader there for you. And I knew that feeling. So this is a reflection of all that. Oh, look, it's the Italian passion coming out here, everybody. (laughs) Am I distracting? (laughs) Absolutely. And yet, because in the book, you'd actually say what Mary Ellen does, but I suppose the kids can work, you know, they can, you know, oh, how shall I say it, well, give her her own job and work from that, rather than you telling them what she was. So I think, yeah, that was very cleverly done. Now, I'm wearing a yellow jumper, everybody. Well, mustard. (laughs) And I've done this for a reason, because in the book, um, Mary Ellen has used a yellow hibis jacket, and she's got one at the moment. And for those of you who are watching this, there's the high-vis jacket. Yes, I know it's orange, but it's (laughs) yellow in the book. And because this has a story to it. And and when you're looking at this uh, interview, everybody, Mary Ellen is actually sitting on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) But... I'm interested, where did the high-biz jacket concept, the idea, the vision come from? Where did that spark come from? Well, this this is what helped, I guess, 10-year-old Mary Ellen and her family really get unstuck because this was the only job that my mom could get at the time, at any time, was a crossing guard and this is her vest ah. so this is like a life vest right it saved our little family because she was able to financially help work um for a mom that we were used to having the mom at home and the father brought home the money well he was gone so this saved our family so this little life jacket is her vest and she did this job for years. And when that wasn't enough, then she, she had to clean offices at night. So this was the start. And that gave her confidence. That gave our, us as a family confidence that we can then move forward and we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to work hard and we're going to be okay. If I kind of, uh, I, I mean... Uh. I mean, if I could take a page out of my mother's book and, of course, like every immigrant, save their money and not spend it. However, when you're when you grow up broke and um, you have that desire to want to travel or to want to spend or to want to do things like 
our friends, our, fa- our family members, our yeah. extended family members do, it would be nice to do that too. So there's always that longing. Uh, unfortunately, for me, I tend to spend a little more than I make. So I'm Makes trying sense. to learn that, that what comes in and what goes out. I'm trying to learn that equation. Me too. Now, <laughs> you use this, um, that was a fascinating little story there. Oh, the high-vis jacket came from your late mother. Wow. Now, you use this high-vis yellow jacket to turn around Mary Ellen's confidence. Mm-hmm. And not only the high-vis jacket, everybody, but there's a brown little clipboard here as well. <laughs> and as the book progresses, we start to see the clipboard and the yellow-vis high jacket being worn by other characters. Why did he do that? And what's the underlying message here? You know, you see the priests wearing it. You see um, her friends wearing it. Tell us. Right. You see people at the beach wearing it. It really talks about changing um, that confidence and what that spring in the step looked like. And for me, it looked like being me again, being enthusiastic, being uh, extroverted, being fun, being funny, being connecting with people. And this jacket and clipboard allowed me the confidence to share that story, to to not worry about the unhealthy coping strategies, to move forward, get busy, telling my story, whatever. Everybody has a story to share and they need to share that story with purpose, with confidence, And what is it that gives that person confidence? For me, it was the jacket and the clipboard. And so it's portable and I can put it on people. I can put it on people at the coffee shop. I can say, hey, you got to hear about this. Put this on any size. It fits. It's a one size fits all. Whether you're able-bodied or physically challenged, mentally challenged, whatever our challenges are, and we have them. We can relate to this. We can, we can use it to tell our story. Wow. I thought that was the idea, but now I see it from where the history of it and the idea and the concept comes from. And it's just absolutely fabulous, everyone. Wow. Just a simple little um, hibis jacket and a clipboard. And Mary Allen Polini writes a book about it. Hey. Now, I'm intrigued here. Do you um, think, Mary Ellen, that the you know the audience that you're aimed at are seven to ten year olds and anybody else, but the main character, she's really about eighteen to twenty because she drives a car, she has a credit card, she works, and. And there are, you know, a couple of times I began to think, does this work? You know, will the audience who you intend to read the book understand an older character? Have you done this deliberately? And do you think um right to say I've got a, you know, I, I questioned the uh, the character? And was that done deliberately? It was done deliberately. I mean, I was thinking of uh, a 10-year-old Mary Ellen, 
And of course, when 10-year-old Mary Ellen was so stuck, she would think, oh, things will be better when I'm 20, when I'm working, when I have my own money, when I can travel, you know, all that. Well, then when you're 20, you think, oh, things will be better if I'm married, if I have kids, if I, things will always be better. Well, I guess, again, this is where all the people that talk about, you know, living in the moment, being mindful, appreciating where you are, that's where that reality comes in. And again, accepting where we're at and, and loving that moment and being healthy about that moment and choosing healthy ways to oh, live yes. in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you enjoy working with the illustrator, um, mm-hmm. Gail um, Jacayan? Yes. Creating these beautiful, um, vivid illustrations. I would all the I I wouldn't know Gail at all. It, it was all done through email, and Gail really nailed uh, the illustrations, the the texture of the hair to the eyes to the expression, and it was just a few words. I I would kind of ex- explain what I wanted, and she would or he I, I I'm not sure it could be a he too, um, just would send back those images and very few tweaks and just nailed it. And I really think a, a picture, you know, that expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. That's why you just action speak. Louder action than speak. words. Yeah. I'm kind of like the Mr. Bean over here of social work. You know, he didn't say much and I don't really have all the fancy words. I just do. I just do, do, do. That's it. So when you saw the illustrations for the first time, did the character Mary Allen really come to life for you? Yes. Yeah, I was so excited. So excited. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. Let's make it happen. She's a big kid at heart, everybody. She's just a big kid. (laughs) (laughs) Now, have you got any more intentions to write more books? Well, I really like this little character, Mary Ellen, and there is another book in my head that I would like to write. I'm just going to wait and see. I got to learn and grow from this whole process with this current book um, in every way, like emotionally, financially, <laughs> socially. I've got a lot of growing to do with this little project. So I'm hoping I'll take all that learning curve and apply it, hopefully, to the next book. I have to tell you all a funny story here, everybody. Um, when I was prepping this and in, you know, having a chat with Mary Ellen beforehand, it came up on the subject says, oh, my husband, think, when I said, I want to write a book, he, he immediately goes, oh, now where's she going to? How much is this going to be? <laughs> where's she taking us here? <laughs> Exactly, yes. exactly. I don't think she's told him yet she's got another book in uh, in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you see, Marianne, as your market here? Do you want to see young boys reading this book? Do you want to see young girls reading this book? Who do you want to see reading you, the author, Mary Ellen Pellini? Well, I would really like to see anyone from the ages of seven to maybe 97 read this book and maybe see that that could be 
oh, wow, that reminds me of my mom. That reminds me of my aunt. That reminds me of an uncle that I know that likes to shop. I mean, you know, trying to keep it gender neutral here. Anyone, I mean, who can read it to someone else, who can identify with it at any age and stage of their lives. There you go. Where can people get your book from, Mary Ellen? Well, they can get it. Uh, of course, it's available online from the actual publishing company, exlibris.com. It's available from uh, the Barnes & Noble, from Amazon, those we websites automatically. We have chapters here in Canada, Indigo, that kind of thing. You do. Uh, if they come to Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, I have a, a lot of these copies they could come and see me i would certainly sit down and have some nachos and coffee with them and they could buy my book why not why it's not far, it's a bit far for me to go everybody from derby in the united kingdom to Saint-Louis <laughs> in um, canada and it's it's a lot colder there in canada i'll stay here it's slightly warmer <laughs> Well, I have to say, Mary Ellen Polini, thank you so much for coming on the show and giving me the wonderful opportunity to have a look at your book. And I really do hope that um, we get the opportunity to do more podcasts and interviews when more books come out. But just tell your husband first, give him a good advance notice before he goes, oh, no, what's she doing? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, John. Oh, you're very welcome. Mary Ellen Pellini, everybody. I'm JD Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching wherever you're in the world. So until next time, stay safe. <laughs>